Yo, 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 it's JP on the FWM podcast. Follow me, the Diary of the Strong Black People. I'm here again in the rabbit hole, and I got a real special one for you guys today. I have two videos I came across on social media the other day. Uh, two instances in uh, Florida. My boy Charlemagne said, you know, the most craziest people come from, you know, the Bronx or all of Florida. And it's two instances of two black males, men, grown men being pulled over by the police. Now, the first uh, video you're going to audio you're going to hear is the first man he's with his kids, his teenage sons in the vehicle. And the second one is a black man by himself. Now, both of them are pulled over due to registration issues on the vehicle. First guy, he bought a vehicle from the dealership. The tag registration stuff didn't go through like it was supposed to. Well, allegedly, from what he's saying, that the tag stuff didn't go through like it's supposed to. It's a mistake. He's being pulled over. Um, he's explaining, you know, why he was driving uh, crazy before the, the police officers uh, pulled him over. And the second guy, he actually knows he doesn't have registration. The second guy is ex-law enforcement officer. He's strapped with guns. He has guns in the back in the trunk, on him, strapped on him. He's on his way to a, a, a actual gun show or range or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. But I want you guys to hear the difference in the first guy, both uh, encounters on law enforcement that these guys uh, had as our culture that we have with police officers. And I want you to hear the difference on what goes on, all right? My 16-year-old for he don't have ID. And these do my other one in the back seat. Okay, perfect. I have the right they to ask everybody ID. in the car for their ID, but, okay? What, what, Let's get this straight. No, you we don't get run nothing straight. I run this it's scene, okay? It's nothing to be ran It's that yeah. simple. It's nothing to be ran. It's nothing to be ran. has my ID, snatched my ID out my hand. All right, cool. Well, all right. So what? Second. What else we need? Hey, just so you know, you have spike strips underneath your tire. So if you try to take off your Wait, uh, spike no. strips, yep. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I just want, uh, you, okay. I just want uh, you to know uh, that, so that way okay. you don't try to take off okay. your tire. That's all. Okay, okay. that's fine. Where well, we got to go, sir? Listen, all it is. It's simple, man. You guys was driving aggressively. I thought you was a a a, 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 a young person driving aggressively. You you ran the red light, and I'm like, look at these teenagers running the red light. 
teacher, my son's not to drive like that. But instead, y'all got behind me because I hit on brakes because I thought you were some teenagers driving aggressively, and I was teaching my sons not to Do drive aggressively. Do I ever get a chance to talk? Huh? Do I ever get a chance to talk? What you we got to say? You because you committed a traffic violation. I let you committed a traffic huh? violation. What did, traffic? Did you hear what the other officer told you? He what? didn't say it. What did the other officer tell he you? Didn't he didn't say never say that. He Actually, said, sir, he he said his car is not registered. Okay, and that's a traffic violation. <laughs> it's a brand new car and we just bought it. Okay, I'll tell you what. You, would you like for me to show you? Uh, here's the deal. No, here, I'll show you my registration. Listen, listen. Open the glove box. Yeah, grab yeah, grab the grab, registration. Grab my registration. That's a bunch of nonsense. A brand new car I just bought. Are you telling me it's not registered? Yep. So here's what happens. This, okay, hold on one second here. Okay, so. You straight? So, so what? Yeah, I'm getting ready to tell you. Okay. okay. Who did you purchase the car through? What you mean who I purchased it through? Who did you purchase? What, what? Which what part of that dealership? Question? Yes. What, what dealership? Say what dealership, because you say what person. Person is a person. What dealership? Dude, Toyota or Tampa Bay? Listen, we'll just give him the ticket to be done with this. It's, it's no ticket yeah. to be given. Yeah, okay. Just the to know my, my father's a retired sergeant for the sheriff department. Me and my mom was well, TPD. So, so what? Did they teach me what? Have that respect to police officers, sir? Respect? Yes, sir. The last he, snatched my, he snatched my driver's license when I asked him what he pulled me over for. I had my ID right here. And he, I said, what you pulled me? You don't have to plead your case out to me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to what? Okay, now we macho. The gang members are here, so they real hard now, guys. Yep. The gang members, yep. What's your badge number, sir? Yeah. 216. Uh-huh, yours too? 558. Five, yours? Oh, I need names. We need no, names. My 16 and 14. We need names. USF gang. We need names and badge <laughs> numbers, please. Are you showing you how they, they would be harassed. Names. That's why I don't let them drive alone by themselves because they get harassed. He was driving aggressively. Who was the driver? We need Which all you the red light? You ran the red light right there, right? And the reason I stopped and hit on brakes and you pulled me is because I hit on brakes. Because you ran the red light. And I thought you was teenagers driving aggressively. And I say, look, sons, this is not how to drive. But that's how to talk mm -mm. to police. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what's weird. That's exactly what happened. Now we got other gang members coming up. Gang members? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You're, you're, you're a gang. You're straight? Yeah, yeah. They retired gang members. Oh, they're retired? Yeah, yeah, yeah they retired. Yes, sir. 30 plus years. They probably hired a few of you guys. You never no, know. Sir, they didn't. You don't know that. I do know that. <laughs> Mancho man. Are you okay? You're looking kind of hard in here, sir. Oh. Gang members put on the show, huh? This is exactly why, you know, every day in and day out, Daddy teach y'all have no clue who I am, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. This is exactly why I teach y'all, boy. Mm -hmm. Edu your education. Your education. Yeah. What they pulled enough for? <laughs> it's already 20 of you. You know what? When Daddy bought his brand new Dodge Charger in 2007, they did, and, the, same and they did the same thing with a paper tag. The other game members pulled me a brand new car. They did the same thing. Dang, bro. <laughs> game member. Yep, yep, yep. Now, with this first guy, now, let's be real. He's right. You know, the the police officers were driving crazy. They they seen a, a car full of black guys. So they were like, oh, no registration. This is a reason to pull them over to see if they got drugs, guns, anything like that. You know, profiling. 
stereotyping, you know, the usual. Okay, we understand that. That's that that's just what police officers do. Now, the thing where I'm going at is the dialogue between the officer and the guys. Now, again, the officers do want to flex their badge and their power and things like that. But, you know, when you listen to the tone, one thing that police officers don't want, that their number one job when they come up to your vehicle is establish control. That's their number one job when they come up to the car. Now, they don't want to feel like you're being an ass to them because they feel like they're the only ones that can be ass. You know, so when you're the ass to them, that's when most of the dialogue and the back and forth becomes irate. And that's when it becomes dangerous. As black men, we especially when you have sons, you try to teach your sons when they're in the streets that when they're driving, they're going to run into things like this. You know, you're going to run into police officers. They're going to give you a hard time. And but your main objective is to come home. My biggest thing is this. Why do we try to hold court outside on the streets? He knows there's a mistake with his registration. If the guys want to give you a citation, that's fine. Yes, you may feel like, damn, that's not fair. He's harping on they pulled him over because, again, he's a black man in a new vehicle. Oh, you profile. And that may be the sort. But if you listen to the back and forth that they're having, if you hear it in your, if you're just listening to it, you're like, damn, could this have gotten over with quicker? As, as African-Americans, you know, we struggle with knowing the law, knowing our rights. But then when we know the law and we know our rights, we flaunt that <laughs> and want to make an officer feel stupid or this, that, and the other on the streets. And that is the most dangerous thing we can ever do because we're at the mercy of them outside of the courtroom and we will not get it through our heads that we can't win a battle with law enforcement on the street, even though it's not right. It's not right that they can do whatever they want, how they want to us. But our main objective is to stay alive and we will risk our lives trying to be the smartest in the room to make a motherfucker feel stupid. But you will risk your life. And not only that, if you listen to it later on in the video, uh, the audio, the officer looks at the kids and tell the kids, I'm so sorry for y'all that, you know, basically saying that y'all have this type of upbringing. Yeah, that's disrespectful to tell some kids that. However, 
let's just think about this. Is he wrong? Because what he's saying is your father is teaching you to be combative with law enforcement. He's secretly telling them that, man, y'all are not going to last out here long thinking that that's what's going to get y'all through life. You going to run into the wrong officer and it's not going to be pretty because as a father, I don't think he realizes that there are so many things going on right now that you're just in the moment, but you're not thinking about what damage this can give on a further standpoint. Um, because now, hey, there's going to be another black person they stop after you've given them such a hard time. They're going to go up to the next black person being a straight ass from Jump Street. From Jump Street. They're going in defensive because that last encounter with a black man that thought he knew it all, it didn't go well. So now they're going in exerting dominance off the muscle. So now a person that may not have the intentions to be combative is going to now have an issue. And even if he's not being as strongly combative as this man was, just the first sign of resistance from that driver is going to get ugly. And B. Those kids are not going to always be driving with that. You have two to three kids, teenage boys, black men, young men in that car with you that now there's 20 officers surrounding this guy. Each one of them have a good look at these kids. Not only that, He's asking for those kids' IDs. That is a big thing why the father is, is being combative because the officer is asking for identification for everybody in the vehicle. So now if the kids give their identification to the officers, he now, they now know who those kids are. If they don't have the identification, they all have their appearance imprinted in their minds. He not only did that, he's telling the guy, my mom and dad used to be in law enforcement. That's another thing that we, we battle with. When, when we know how to name drop or when we have, when we feel like we're a part of the club and the group, we struggle so hard with being accepted and having something to come with that we're, hey, we're just as equal as you. You're going to name drop. You're going to do this. So now they have all this information. So now when your kids, God forbid that your kids be by themselves, they've watched you exhibit that type of behavior with law enforcement. So what do you think they're going to do when they're by themselves? And now they're teenagers. They're not old adults. So now they're going to feel like they can do these kids 
any kind of way because they're young black kids, teenage kids walking down in the streets. They may not even be driving. They can just be walking the streets. You put your children in danger. You want to protect your kids so much. But then you put them in so much danger. When that encounter could have went so much different. I understand that we don't like being profiled. We don't like being that having to, to be up under that stereotype. But I, it sometimes make me think, do we question about our lives that we risk on certain situations? That it's all about making it home safe. We're going to have our day in court. But court is not held on the streets. We have a lot of our kind being killed every single day in the hands of police brutality. And I think as I look down on social media, when we have those situations of police brutality, you know, I think a lot of us we negate the fact of some of the things we do put ourselves into. You know, yes, no police officer should feel like they can just do us any kind of way. But do we not realize everything has a chain of command and everything has uh, a chief, which are kids? You're the head person in charge. You would never, ever you you will implant in your kid's head that you ain't going to never be over me. You will listen to me on your job, your supervisor, your boss. Yes, they cannot talk to you any kind of way, but they still are over you. Everybody has somebody over them. Law enforcement is over us. There are people set in place to make it easier for us to be able to battle law enforcement. If we don't have law enforcement to protect and serve, what are the jobs? Because at the end of the day, you disrespect police, but then somebody steal your shit, somebody kill your family members, somebody, it's an altercation. First ones we call is the police. Now granted, growing up, yeah, that's that was always the mindset. Fuck the police, this, that, and the other. But then as you get older, you start to realize like, hmm, goddamn, I don't feel like doing all this policing all the time. Oh, I, I wouldn't want to do this shit as a civilian. Somebody need to do this job. Hell, I don't like cutting my own grass. But I know somebody who will do it. So why not pay them to do it? I don't like washing my own car sometimes, but I know there's people who do mobile detailing. So there is somebody who job is to do what you don't feel like doing. If you don't feel like cooking, you can go through a drive through or go to a restaurant, order some food. Somebody will cook it for you. So I feel like shit. As much as the police can be shitty people, Hell, 
there are situations where I still kind of need them because I don't feel like policing my neighborhood. I got other shit to do. And they claim my tax money go to paying for them. So shit. If I'ma pay, if y'all gonna keep taking my tax money, goddamn it, they need to be doing their job. That's what their that's what their job is. We have to start thinking differently, especially as black men. On our most important job is to be alive for our kids. There are lessons that our kids need to be taught. More real important lessons, life lasting lessons. And we're teaching our kids also how to survive and to come home safely. But that is a prime example of one that down. That's a scary situation for them boys to witness that and you listen to how they're going back and forth with the police. It's like, fuck. That is going to be very dangerous for when them boys are by themselves because right now, let's be honest, they feel secure because why? Papa Bear is there. They know Papa Bear will lay his life on the line to protect those cubs. So if they get out of hand, Papa Bear is going to defend. But when Papa Bear is not there and those law enforcement don't allow you to pick up your phone and call Papa Bear and you face eye to eye with them by yourself, what you going to do? You're going to get yourself into some serious, serious trouble and issues that you may not be able to get out of. A lie. We just think jail is where it, it, it can end it. No. We, we watch and look at these videos. This shit ain't in death. And this one, you know, he's not even notifying that he's going to go in the glove compartment. He's moving his hands. And it's like, I'm looking at the video. I'm like, holy shit, I hope they don't shoot in that car. It's, it's just certain things you shouldn't feel like you have to do. but in the midst of it down to keep your life, you have to do it. You don't feel like, all right, look, I'm about to reach into this glove compartment. I'm going to grab this registration. I'm going to grab my ID. All right, look, I'm going to reach my hand out the window and give this to you. It's, you don't feel like you have to do it, but as a police officer, let's be real, protect and serve. But then it's a dangerous job. Most police officers, they have to go home safely too. No scare individual should ever be a police officer. You should never be scared. You should never fear for your life. But you should know there's a chance that you can lose your life but you should never go into your job every day fearing and being scared. But as a human being, as an individual, when you're coming in contact with another civilian, aren't you on your P's and Q's? 
How many times as an individual, when you know you're in an altercation with somebody, is certain things, certain movements people would do that you may feel threatened and you react quickly? Somebody put their hand in your face. They may not be looking like they're swinging, but as soon as they lift their hand, you on their ass. Because you like, oh, shit, man, my bad. I, I, I ain't knew what you was going to do with your hand. If you living in these streets and you doing what you're doing in these streets, you come across your offer, you come across somebody, you know, that you unfamiliar with or somebody you got an issue with. Y'all going back and forth. They reach anywhere near their belt buckle, anywhere near their pocket. You don't know if they got a gun or a knife. So what do you do? You react. That's human nature. So the reason that you have to speak about what you're doing step by step to the police officer is to give him comfort that you ain't trying to try nothing crazy. That's what you got to do. We don't want to do it, but damn it, we have to because we got to think about our lives. It is sickening, but damn, it's something that we got to do. Now, I want you to listen to this second one um, about with this with the second guy that has the weapons and how he handles the situation. And I want you to just listen to the difference on this one. The reason I stopped you is because... I, I, listen, I, I'm drunk. I'm literally, I'm a supervisor for a transport company. Oh. Obviously, I'm armed. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah. I just gave you my permit and everything. Tags are completely expired. I'm, I'm a supervisor for a company. I'm dropping it off so they can take it to the body shop. You see it's fucked up. Right around the corner. Oh. I got, I got, uh, I got some more firearms in the back, but uh, I'm going to let you do your thing. Okay. All right, so let's see. Permit, all right. So you're from Florida? All right, I'm from New York. New York? Yeah, but I got a business here. You got a business here? Yeah. So is that your current address right there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Florida? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. You know, when I saw you, I slowed down, right? Then I said, fuck. I, you saw that. And then I'm like, he got me now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That's all good. I try to, I try to get it. Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. All right. Hey, what's up, boss? Well, um, so we on your way? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm all. I know you got me, man. This car not even supposed to be on the street. I was driving. Uh -huh. They was gonna come tow it. I'm transporting everything out of here to my other vehicle. I'm just okay. trying to just drive it. I got another car at the dealership. You know what I mean? Cause okay. I know it's not supposed to be on the road. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took your mind if I see your face, brother? Oh, no, yeah, no, no. You good, you good. So, okay, so are, are you transporting Are you transporting your gun from the range? Or? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a, um, well, let me explain. So, I'm yeah, you a, got a handgun on you too. Absolutely. I'm, oh. I'm gonna tell you what I do. So okay. I'm a um I'm a firearm instructor, state of Maryland certified okay. firearm instructor. You got your you got your instructor card? I got everything. Um, I'm okay. gonna pull everything up for you. I'm also uh, ex law enforcement, current. Where uh, you at? Ex oh, you know. Okay, okay. So okay. that's okay, why okay. I got I got machine guns back there, silencers, anything you need. Just let me know. But uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, nah, nah, seriously. I'm, listen, <laughs> listen. When I pop the truck, you gonna be like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? But okay, um, okay. I got all my documentations in, in the back seat. I'll give you everything. To, um, okay, okay. You know what okay. I mean? I got. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure y'all was like, who the hell is this guy, man? Shades on, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Let me yeah, check yeah. him out. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually, like I said, I was dropping this off because it's not supposed to be on the road. You okay. know what I'm saying? I was dropping it off, taking everything out, and then shooting out to go uh, do a class, actually. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, okay. Where your class at? Um, Gun tree. 
Oh, Owens you going Gun Trail? Gun yeah. Trail, Owens Mills. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right, so so we gonna make sure your credentials good. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Take your time, man. Like I said, I, if you if y'all if you allow me to pop the trunk, I can give you my other credentials. You know what I mean? Okay, so look, I'm gonna stand by because I want to make sure. Yes, sir. That I'm we're keep safe. My hands here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, listen to me. You got a lot of arson, yeah. and you got is a Glock on your chest. Yes, sir. Is the AR back there? Is that unloaded? No, everything is loaded. Everything okay, is loaded. So you got yeah. just give me a favor. Keep your hands. Matter of fact, I'm gonna keep my hands like this for y'all. That's okay. cool. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. You find this thing. Right, you lose the wheel. Yes, sir. You have a loaded Glock. Hey, listen. Hey, sir. Listen, man. I, I want everybody to be safe. You know okay. what I mean? And I could be anybody. I could be a fucking terrorist. So I yeah, get yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So I'm, but, waiting uh, on, uh, I'm waiting on another unit. Some backup. Yeah, yeah. Y'all called the backup quick, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all was the car. You see me got the car. Sarge, you went past us. You went past all right, so I got I got another unit coming down. We just gonna make sure everything. Matt, make sure you listen. You I got safe, I got a mask right? on. I got shades on. Tenant, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, Guns yeah, in yeah. the back. I could yeah. be I could be a. Uh, uh, okay. But like I said, I, once you once your man, you know your your, your uh, backup come. I got everything in the trunk. My okay, document. Okay. My uh my federal documentation. You okay, know what I mean? So, so you do have a, a Glock here. Well, yes, sir. On your on your person. Yes, sir. I got a Glock on my chest, obviously, and I also have a, a Sig three six five in my appendix. In your appendix? Well, uh, okay, hey, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Conceal. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, like rambling about this. Hey, no, no, actually, and and you know that that's what I do. I'm, I, you know, this I, I walk like this because this is my brand. I'm on um IG Two Guns D. So when you see me, you know what I mean. Okay. Like, yo, this is yo. You is like Rambo, brother. Oh man, you have no clue, man. And, and and those 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 are fully automatics in the back, machine guns. For real? Yeah, man. I, that, that's what I do, man. So this guy. Knows he did something wrong. He knows it. So he tries to get ahead of it. And he knows he has weapons. He knows immediately he can be perceived as a threat. So what does he try to do? Make light of the situation. Make them feel comfortable. Get them at ease. Now. One of the office, the officers are still doing their job, but the dialogue is so different between each other. You know, he's letting them know, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And he's like, hey, yeah, just keep it right here. He's like, listen, I, I, I ain't going to play you crazy. I just want to make sure y'all know. I'm not trying to do nothing stupid. And that's the difference. And I mean, this dude is suited and booted like he's a terrorist. Mask on his face, shades on, all black, bulletproof vest. He has the uh the big uh the big snow jacket on over it. Like he looks suited and booted for combat. So he knows what he can be perceived as, but he knows how to operate with the law enforcement. So he's safe and they feel safe so he can make it out of this shit safe. And, and that's the difference. Like I said, we, we want so bad because for so long they make us feel dumb. They make us feel less than. They make us feel like we don't know shit. So when we know shit or when we have the privilege to sit at the 
table with the others. We don't know how to navigate and be cool, be normal. To make those officers feel like assholes and not saying assholes for talking to them any kind of way, but making them feel like, nigga, I know the law. You don't know how to do your job. He was, it was a routine traffic stop on both of them. Both of them ain't had no registration. Now, the second guy, I don't know what kind of car he was driving. You know, he's not saying that it's a, a new vehicle or anything like that. So, I don't know what, but he was speeding. He he said, by the time I see it, y'all, I knew it was too late. So he put himself in a situation. Later on in the video, you hear him say when they asked him to step out, can you grab my phone? It it brings me to believe that that's something that A, he was trying to do to see how they react, which is a very fucking dangerous thing that you can fucking do. Because that was a real gamble. Or B, he immediately pressed record because just in case that they're not working with him as he's cooperating. Either or, he made it out safely. Both of these videos, both of the people made it out safe. Uh, from what I can see, the first one, when they told him to step out, the video ended. So I don't know what happened after that. It wasn't on the news for a black man being killed. So I assume he made it out safe, which I know the second guy definitely did. He his cut to the end and he was getting back in the car and he got a citation or whatever, whatever happened. He was able to get back in the car and ride off. As as men, we have to be on our P's and Q's a lot better. We have to. We we want to be accepted, but we have to make sure we're doing what we need to do to make sure we're not putting ourselves in in harm's way. It it just hurts that to listen to that. Just listening, looking at the comments and reading the comments, you you can blame the police officers for saying what they said and going back, you know, hey, the police, that's just racist, this, that, and the other. Yeah, but can we take accountability on both sides? Let's just think, if he would have said, damn, it's a mistake. I don't know what's going on with the registration, but it is my, you know, I just bought this car. You can run the credentials. And he grabbed the stuff and go. Then he comes back with a different thing. Just let's just imagine how it would have been different if he would have just given himself not an equal playing field, but or a level playing field. But if he would have started off differently on how the tone would have been. Now, the video does start with the the officer irate. So I don't. So that means the son started recording after the initial. Hey, do you know why I stopped you? You were da da da. 
we didn't hear that part. So it cuts immediately to the, the officer telling him, hey, you don't run the show, I run the show. So at that point, that meant the son knew this can go wrong. Now, I guess I would have to go back to say, since I don't know what happened in the initial encounter, I don't know how it got there. So let me back up and say that. Let me take accountability on that on my end and say, okay, well, I don't know how it happened that way. But what I can say is when it does cut on and we start to hear that, it got out of control. Even from here, not here in the beginning until when it finally cuts on, there still could have been a point of a stoppage to say, hey, just go ahead and do your job. Somehow, in some way, in that initial start, something got out of control for the man to say he has those strips under the tires just in case that this man try to go, try to ride on. Would this man have a reason to ride off when he got three of his teenage sons in the car? Highly doubt it. But that just means the tone and the way the temperature was in this encounter warranted for them for that to happen. So when you're looking at all of this, you're thinking, damn, how did we get here? How did this get to this point. But with all of that, he could have brought it down. But then you can't see. You can just hear the audio. A lot of these officers are just standing there as just like bodyguards to just, you know, they're not even saying anything because it's 20 of them. They brought a whole slew of motherfuckers. So I don't know what type of driving the man was doing but again, it's a brand new car. I don't need, it's not even telling us what type of car it was. So he said he had a Dodge, uh, uh, a Charger Challenger that he bought a couple years back when it was brand new. This is, this has happened. Cops put him over and the whole slow. And so could you believe that down? That's one of the stereotypes of the type of vehicle that he's driving. That that warrants so many other other police officers. So when you're putting yourself in that position, yeah, we should be able to ride nice and not have to worry about being stereotyped and stuff like that. But we want to stay in a nice neighborhood. We want to have the nice cars. We want to do all of this and that. But you don't realize what that risk that you're taking when it do what comes with it. Just like white people want to be black, but they don't want what comes with being black. We want to ride nice and live nice, but don't want, we want to feel like, hey, I made it. So you shouldn't have to treat me like I stole it or I'm getting, living this way from scamming, robbing, or being a hoodlum. You know, but then, Right. Like you said, white folks want to be hood. They want to talk slang. They want to dress like us. They want to be like us. But then when it comes to getting in trouble, they're like, oh, no, my dad's a 
the sheriff, my dad is the president of etc. They change it up different. They don't want to be treated like you. They don't want to be treated like a nigga. So we want to be that, but it a price has to. It, it's a price that comes along with it. Is it right? No. But that's just where it comes with it. So we have to make sure that we move accordingly like we supposed to. It's not that we got to kiss ass or we got to let a motherfucker tell us what to do. It's like if you move in a certain way, you will get that respect. No, they're not going to throw a parade for you. They're not going to roll out the red carpet for you to be at the top of the mountain. But again, when you move a certain way, that means you're in a certain type of group. You have come across. They know you know somebody. They know you have come across some people who have put you up on some game on certain things because of the way you move. If you sit there and when you come across a police officer and you move a certain way and it does not get combative, they know. Immediately. That means either somebody is in law enforcement in your family or you know somebody. And for this guy to say his parents was in law enforcement, it just leads me to believe like, damn, how, how did they not give you the tools to understand how to get through a traffic stop to move swiftly? It's like, you know, your daddy had to teach you how to get past a traffic stop. When the officer comes up to your window, you should know. You should know that. If they're already looking for a reason, we want to say down. We shouldn't have to move that way. We shouldn't have to be. We should be able to just live. You're right. We're held to a different standard. But it's so much easier to maneuver when you know the standard you are held under. Because when you know, there's no excuse for you to move a certain, a different way. When you know. When you don't know, it's different. But when you know, you got no excuse. There's no way that when we know we dress in a certain way in a neighborhood, certain neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Being somewhere late at night. First of all, there's no reason we get mad that we can't walk around a white neighborhood late at night being black without being harassed. But my nigga, who the fuck want to be? What person is out and about late at night in a certain? It's no good comes out of being out late at night. That's dangerous hours, no matter what. Black or white. In the hood or in the white neighborhood. Because first of all, you can walk freely late at night in the hood, dress any type of way. But even in the hood, you dress a certain way, you look a certain way, you in that neighborhood a certain time of night, you running a risk also. So why would you get mad that you at least in the white neighborhood, a motherfucker started to be like, hey, what the fuck you doing? 
In a black neighborhood, niggas ain't gonna warn you. They look, they see you looking suspicious, niggas will shoot, shoot at you. At least in the white neighborhood, the police be like, hey, hey, what you what the fuck you doing out here? We look at it as stereotyping and we look at it as being racist, but we don't even look at the flip side of it and saying, damn, boy, I am tripping. And I'm tripping out here late, as, late at night in this goddamn area. Boy, what the fuck I'm doing? Because the only place safe is at that fucking house. Being in your fucking house. Being safely with your family. Being in your bed or on your couch. Watching TV. Reading a book. Playing your game. Playing with your baby. Or laying up with your old lady. But whatever that you're doing is in the house that you're doing. Not out, it ain't nothing good in the streets. Nothing. When are we gonna understand that? It ain't nothing but trouble in the streets. Everything that needs to be done should be done in daylight. Nah, if you're going to the club, even the club is dangerous after certain hours. You know, when the club in at one, two o'clock, all right, you doing it, go get you something to eat, go to the house, but niggas wanna run the streets at three. Four, five in the morning. Four, five in the morning on a Saturday night. Saturday morning. Early Sunday morning. Coming out of Saturday night. Police know, nigga, you ain't going to work. Drunk up. Driving. Trimming the street. Then most black people can't, probably can't see at night. So we looking for our house. We, we, we putting the GPS to find you know, you going to a female house, you going to somebody's house, GPS take you down the wrong turn. Now you driving slow, trying to roll the window down to see the addresses so you can see, see the mailboxes. Now you look suspicious. Niggas riding around certain neighborhoods still blasting your music. Who the fuck want to be sleep in their bed and you blasting the music riding down in their suburban neighborhood? People who got real lives, nigga, they sleep by that time. That's how you know the difference of how we live our life and how successful people or people about business, about themselves, handle business. People about business and people who have things are not thinking about running the streets late at night. People who are about their business, who have things about themselves, they're not clubbing. They're not outside at the 11 o'clock at night. All the time. If you look at it, most corporate parties for big, big corporate parties, for white folks or any people who, who have money, those parties in 11, 30, 12 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Party starts at 8 o'clock. Shit over by 12. Maybe one at the latest. And they take their motherfucking ass home. But we want to be, we want to find clubs. That don't end to 3, 4 o'clock. Then if a club in at 12, we don't want to go home. We like, where the next party at? So we out till 4, 5 in the morning. That shit is crazy and dangerous. We don't understand how dangerous we be living. But we live dangerously and on edge. But then we don't realize most of the time, law enforcement are telling us that, hey, we don't look at it as them doing us some good. 
yeah, they do wrong. They're sneaky. They are some assholes, but it's, it's a silver lining to everything. It's a double-sided to everything. We only look at things on one side. But when do we sit up here and think like, damn, that motherfucker right. Boy, these motherfuckers are set in place. They, they, they keep me here. When are we going to do that? It's all about making it home to your family. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour that we're going to take our last breath. We don't. Our expiration date is set no matter what. I hate when people say, my time is my time, but I don't want to speed it up, put myself in stupid situations, or I don't want to do my body uh, harm by smoking, drinking, and speed the process up. There's no such thing as speeding the process up. Your time is set. The difference is this. People who die because they were smoking, drinking, or being killed, that ain't because they put this. It, the thing about it is that was going to be their day to die anyway. The thing about it is how would you put yourself in where you are going to be when you die? Are you going to die horrible death or are you going to die a peaceful death? But your death is already predestined. It's going to happen. Your expiration is going to happen. It is how it's going to happen. Doing wrong to your body with smoking and drinking, that just means you're putting, when they say the, the Bible says your body is your temple, but you're putting in harmful, demonic things into your body, like alcohol, like those drugs. So when you die a horrible death, a painful death, that's just how you die. It didn't shorten your lifespan. Your lifespan was already set. It is just the pain that you will go through. The suffering that you will go through. It didn't shorten your lifespan. We got we to gotta do better. We got to do better. And fellas, we got to teach our kids, our sons, man, how to make it home safe. We got to. This is two examples of coming into the encounter with, with law enforcement that, whew, boy, it could have, it, it definitely, it was a 50-50 chance on, on both sides. One actually put himself in a situation but he made him feel safe and secure to help him make it out safe. And one really gambled with his life that it could have went the other way. But all in all, it's just a good thing to see both, both situations did not end in fatal activity. That's one thing that I can say. I, I'm, I thank the creator for that. But this is the, I wanted to touch on this, but I wanted to make sure you guys could hear it yourself and it can paint a picture for you as you hear my commentary on it. Now, from you hearing it and my commentary, however you go from your opinion is on you. 
but I didn't want to you not hear it. And I give my commentary on it and I just give a one sided of how I said it. And it comes to you on that. You have to go find it yourself or anything like that. I wanted you to hear it. So, hey, you can pin my opinion to yours. Uh, however you want it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If you feel I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Then I'm right. I'm right. It does not matter. But I put it there for you guys. So. We can all build our own, but also a teachable moment. A, a real teachable moment for our people. And that's something that I, 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 I have charged for myself to, to give more of you for this season. To, to make sure that everything continues to be a teachable moment. But I also, instead of just giving you the story, I want you guys to be able to hear some of that stuff so it's not one-sided. I want to equal a level playing field on the commentary. But I appreciate you guys for coming through again in the rabbit hole. And it's JP on the FW Podcast. Fire with me. Spend all my money on you You told me our love was true I was so dumb, I believed it All the flags was there Girl, I loved you, I swear Blame Monopoly, would you never been fair? I need medication for the disease you gave me Called trust issues Hate that I miss you Be down for me, but you rather be with a boat covered up on the shit.